This is a War Machine Rhino. What's up? This is TJP. This is the Swingman Johnny Swinger. This is Father James Mitchell. And you're listening to Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis, Daddy. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Total Nonstop Analysis. A show where I, Carmen Michael, bring along my beautiful best friends, KP and Davis, for a journey through old school TNA wrestling. At the beginning of this, they had never watched a full episode of TNA wrestling. But here we are, 22 episodes later, we've seen a lot. But today we are reviewing total nonstop action no Surrender 2005. It's been a hectic week, but how has it been for you guys? KP, you first. It's been, uh, like you said, it's been a very hectic week. I, I'm actually, uh, me and my roommate are moving to another house this week, so uh, we've been getting that ready. And today was our big moving day. We loaded everything up in our U-Haul, and then tomorrow we get to actually move it to the new house. I'm glad it's, we're almost at we're almost at the end of the tunnel. I'm glad I can see the end, and I'm I'm ready for it to be over with. <laughs> what about you, Davis? I think you had a big day today. <laughs> well, yeah, I uh, went and got my second dose of the COVID vaccine. So, uh, quick warning to anyone: if I sound out of it, or now if I don't talk as much, please bear with me. I wasn't feeling bad till I got home right before the podcast, and my head started hurting, my arms hurting. So, just bear with me. But 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 after I got the vaccine, before I started feeling bad, I helped KP here move some stuff in and went and got some food and feeling all right till now. For myself, I've just been uh, chugging along, working on some wrestling stuff, working on some uh, audio business stuff. Got a lot coming up here. But most importantly, can we talk about June 5th? Because we finally did it we can talk about it we've known about it for a little bit but shark boy is coming to new south wrestling in hartsell alabama spartman civic center on june 5th who could have thought that our little podcast that we just randomly decided to make up one day because y'all were like we want to watch some old school TNA. What should we watch? It's like, boom, that's a podcast. Let's do it. Who would have thought back at Haas when we planted those seeds that we would get Shark Boy to right. New South? Insane. It feels good to finally be able to talk about this. Yeah, you know, it's literally insane when you think about it because, I mean, we're not bragging when we say if this podcast didn't exist – Shark Boy would not be at New South on June 5th. <laughs> this would never that, have happened. That is 100% a shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can brag a little bit that our podcast did that. Just, just, just a tiny, tiny bit. It's, it's, mainly, it's mainly Carmen here out there doing the work for the podcast, talking to these people and be like, hey, who would you like to wrestle on TNA? Well, someone's got to do it that's allowed backstage. So... <laughs> And seeing as I'm the only one currently allowed backstage, but we will fix that. Mark my words, we will fix that. <laughs> but yeah, who would have thought 
just hanging out backstage. We were talking about Shark Boy pretty much all day. And old Shug D gets my camera in front of him and calls out Shark Boy. And I can't say what we have in store for Shark Boy, but I will say it is something really good. So if you're in the area, make your way out June 5th, Sparkman Civic Center in Hartzell, Alabama. I promise it's going to be a great show. This match in particular is one I'm very much looking forward to. And speaking of things to look forward to, I'm looking forward to this podcast here. Because, again, we are covering TNA No Surrender 2005. But before we get into this, there's a little bit of a backstory we have to get into here. Because it is brought up multiple times throughout this show. It appears as if WWE has let go of a few names, which if you look into recent news these days, <laughs> it's like things tend to repeat themselves. But around this time, 2005, I've got the list here. We had all released from the WWE. Akio, Bubba Ray Dudley, Charlie Haas, Chris Jericho, Christian, Christy Hemi, Devon Dudley, Don Marie, Jackie Gata, Joey Matthews, Kenzo Suzuki, Lance Storm, Luther Reigns, Mark Jindrak, Matt Morgan, Maven, Molly Holly, Muhammad Hassan, Rhino, and Spike Dudley. Not all these names are all at once, but these okay. are the names that were released in 2005. Gotcha. So a couple of these may come a yeah. little later on, but man, a lot of these, some of those names are at the same time. Some of those are names I haven't heard in years, man. Christy hit me. Mm, forgot about her. Uh, oh, you'll be seeing a lot more of her. <laughs> and uh, Maven, man. I used to love Maven. Dude, Maven. <laughs> <laughs> Maven was my dude back in the day, especially that Royal Rumble spot with the Undertaker. Yeah, I thought that was the coolest thing. I love the crowd signs that came out of him. Nice eyebrows, Maven. <laughs> like <laughs> I forgot that. all about that. But yeah, um, it's mentioned throughout the show. Basically, the main plot through the show—it's a recurring thing—is Jeff Jarrett is just absolutely paranoid that people from WWE are going to come in and take their job. They're taking their jobs. <laughs> going to take jobs away from the fine folks at TNA. And, you know, this will come into play later on, but I promise you some of those names we're going to come back around to. So off topic for stay just a tuned second. on that one. Off topic for just a second. Was, would this be around the time that Jericho started his podcast, or was that afterwards? Okay. Much later. Okay. I, know, I remember he would get released and then did something, but I don't know. He just cut this. Oh, uh, he left WWE to focus on Fozzie. That's what it was. It was Fozzie. It's usually Fozzie. <laughs> oh, Fozzie. Speaking of which. Everyone, make sure you go and watch the Burn Me Out music video where you will find myself, Carmen Michael, as party guy number two dancing in the background. Also, if you watch 
Nowhere to Run, I am the production assistant. You also may know me as Nameless Light Spinning in the Background. Just subtle plug there. Also, shout out to Nathan Mowry, the director of both of those videos, who we have had on the podcast before. Nothing but love for Nathan Mowry. Once you get him back. I agree 100%. I would love to have Nathan back. But I felt like we had to put that precursor in there. Just, you know, let's put a fork in it. We'll come back to it. But the show opens. We get an opening package that was, let's just say, unique. <laughs> Very. We get some epic, epic music playing over some stock footage of the desert. There's some footage of TNA wrestling spliced throughout. There's some text showing on the screen with some very cryptic messages like every end has a beginning. Our future is born in the past. But the voiceover guy is being played in reverse. And it's like clips will play, then play in reverse, and it goes back, and it it's just really convoluted, honestly. <laughs> every every once in a while, like I really enjoy their opening packages, but every once in a while they'll do something that's just like super self-serving and like braggadocious. And I'm like, you're not solving world peace. You're just <laughs> like, it's a good wrestling show. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> y'all make it sound like y'all are like ending world hunger or something. <laughs> hey, we should do that. Let's, just, let's have the whole podcast in reverse. Oh, I thought you were saying we should solve world hunger. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, someone should probably get around to that. <laughs> There's a lot of issues that we can, we can, we, we can get sharp boy to. Hey, we can get sharp boy to New South. We can do anything. Next, I'm not sure uh, if we could solve world hunger. Yeah, our next our next plan is Monty Brown. Get oh, him out of retirement. Just out of retirement in general. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. I've I've gotten to call a pounce recently at a New South show, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's I can't not the same unless Monty Brown does how, it. How excited you would be on commentary to be able to call a pounce. I wouldn't have the or, voice. Or Monty Brown, yeah. And on top of that, just throwing it out there, I would love to have you know, you know parking lot assistant Shane Douglas at New South helping you know parking lot assistant. Well, <laughs> Can you imagine pulling up to the Spartman Civic Center and Shane Douglas is out there like helping park cars? <laughs> and he's just looking in everyone's backseat, like, who's in there? I gotta know. Let me know. It probably won't. All the parents are freaking out. They're like, ah. <laughs> that would be the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it probably won't actually be shown on IWTV, but I wish I could have seen Carmen when Chart Boy was announced. It was the. Best shit ever. Yeah, if you haven't seen the clip I posted on Twitter yet, I did post the audio from the commentary table from when Shark Boy, like when the Shark Boy video was finally shown. Keep in mind, I've I've known for a while Shark Boy is coming in, but to finally be able to let loose and tell people was the best part, and he got quite the reaction there too. Oh, it was a heck of crowd. a crowd lost their mind <laughs> i've only seen them do that well i've seen them do it for a few names but here lately they've been really on it anytime we announce a surprise return whether it's you know baron black 
uh, Mike Bennett, Danhausen, and now Sharp Boy. Like all of them, been getting fantastic reactions just from playing like a little trailer video. So I'm so stoked. I'm ready to bring him in. But without further ado, let's get right into No Surrender. The show starts off with America's Most Wanted taking on Michael Shane and Alex Shelley along with the beautiful Miss Tracy. Before the match, Tanae and West really put over how successful AMW are and note how strange it is to see them without the tag team titles. Commentary tells the Genesis story of the team of Shelley and Shane as Don West quite elegantly states that Tracy used her female powers to convince Shelley to assist Michael Shane in his singles match versus James Storm on a recent episode of Impact. Davis, could you tell me what a female power would be? I know I'm the queer one of the group, but I have no idea what female powers are. Um, He's talking about mind control, right? Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... You may have to censor me on this one, but I'm going to say titties. Whoa! Whoa! I thought we were talking about like some Danhausen like hypnotization. It's probably titties. So you're saying it's hypnotization? Jesus fucking Christ, Carmen! One hundred percent. Yes, hypnotism for sure. Yes, we've we've established. <laughs> Ding to the bad pun counter. Oh, I'm sure there'll be plenty more to go. And TNA, yes. It's my specialty. What can I do? I got to give the people what they want. This Damn. Not, this is <laughs> not as bad as uh, Pipes has been on Facebook recently. God. Oh, Johnny Pipes. That beautiful, beautiful, terrible man. <laughs> this match is a hot start for this pay-per-view. The fans are really into the match. James Storm hits a dive onto Alex Shelley off the stage as Chris Harris and Michael Shane brawl in the ringside area. Tracy hits a low blow onto Harris, but he quickly recovers. And uh, the cameraman maybe got a, a little excited because he gets a close-up, just, just all close and personal with that upskirt shot he got of Tracy. But, you know, it's nice of her to share because then the hard cameraman. Okay, on second thought, I should probably reword that. The man behind the hard cam. A hard cameraman, huh? Whoa. Uh, I wasn't even trying to make a joke there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, even when I don't try. Oh, God. The hard cameraman. You know what? In this case, maybe all the cameramen were hard. (laughs) Every cam's the hard cam. (laughs) This is a formal apology of the Total Nonstop Analysis podcast. Lord have mercy. It's been a long day. (laughs) So the man behind the hard cam would get an opportunity himself to perv out as Chris Harris carried Tracy over his shoulder, exposing her backside for all to see. He took her to the opposite side of the ring and handcuffed her to the bottom turnbuckle. 
But Tracy still managed to interfere. She threw a platform boot to Michael Shane for him to use as a weapon. But alas, it does not affect the outcome of this match as James Storm hits a super kick onto Alex Shelley to pick up the victory. But not a lot of time to celebrate because after the match, Michael Shane hits a super kick onto Storm and then very quickly scurries away. It's a pretty good match to open up the show, but what did y'all think about it? Uh, I actually thought this was a really a pretty solid match to, like I said, to open the show, which you know normally uh, I've noticed it's like the first few matches really aren't that great on here, and then the last ones were where it's really picked up. But this one was really really good, actually. Uh, I mean, wasn't the best match I've ever seen, but it was it was it was good good start. After this, we cut back to the pre-show where Jeff Jarrett is in the ring and he says upwards of 50 wrestlers have recently no, have recently been fired elsewhere and he knows TNA, being the idiots they are, are going to open the doors for them. And you know, it's almost prophetic. Because <laughs> I feel like the one thing that TNA or Impact Wrestling has always gotten is just hatred from people like, oh, oh you want to sign up all the old WWE guys? As if WWE wrestlers, when they leave, should just retire or not work anywhere else. But that's uh, that's going to be a stigma that sticks with TNA for a very, very long time. But Jarrett, he's asking Mike Tanay, he needs to know if friend of the Total Nonstop Analysis podcast, Rhino, is in the building. Tanay happily confirms. So Rhino going to show up tonight. Ooh. So at now, this point, what was going on in your mind when they confirmed Rhino was in the building? Trying to figure out where he was going to show up at, honestly. I, I will say, though, that uh, I meant to say earlier, uh, when you said that that stigma will stick with TNA uh, for a while, not just TNA, <laughs> sticks for other companies, too. Yes, because God forbid people go to work after they leave their job. Yeah, uh, you're supposed to, don't you know, if you work for WWE and then you get let go, you're supposed to retire. My issue with, with Jeff Jarrett here is he said that TNA was the only alternative. And I'm like, New Japan? Hello? Like, they've been going... Well, New since... Japan New Japan wasn't as prominent then as it is now. Uh, and then there still... was Ring of Honor, but Ring of Honor was still considered indies at the time. But still, they've been going since 1972. We had, we've had, like, Yuji Nagata. We've had Shinsuke Nakamura. Like... There was options if you were willing to look hard enough. But I guess if he just said only American alternative, I probably would have like, okay, I get your point, but I don't know, that, that was annoying. I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> we then cut backstage. The franchise, Shane Douglas, is standing by with Team Canada. Bobby Roode says last month, Lance Hoyt sent their mentor, Coach Demore, to the hospital. 
and they will soon find out what it means to get a Canadian payback. Sounds kinky. So real quick, if you could fantasy book what a Canadian payback would be on UrbanDictionary.com, because I've already looked. It's not there. So we've got a prime opportunity. What's the definition of a Canadian payback? KP, let's start with you. Oh, fuck. Uh, why are you going to put me on the spot like this? Uh, I, oh, man. A Canadian payback on Urban Dictionary. Uh. <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't think right now. I've got an idea. Oh, here we go. So Uh-oh. basically, say you're a Canadian and someone has wronged you. You're still going to beat that ass, which is going to be very nice and sweet and apologize about it the whole time. See, I was going the complete wrong direction with this. I was going the kinky route. Yeah, this is supposed to be Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Urban Dictionary has different ones. Uh, there's some pretty bad ones on there, though. <laughs> so to me, I think a Canadian payback is when, let's just say, your friend maybe splashes you in the face with something. Let's just say, just perhaps. And to pay them back, you squirt maple syrup in their face. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I just thought of something. Can- Canadian payback, baby. <laughs> I just thought of something. I can't, I can't with you. What the fuck? Petey Williams says tonight is all about retribution. Eric Young says it would bring a smile to Coach Demore's face if they all just sang his favorite song. But before they can get into it, Jeff Jarrett interrupts. Y'all know the drill. Hit the counter. Listen up, slap nut. Jarrett is trying to enlist the help of Team Canada to fight back against the incoming talent, including Rhino, as Jarrett exits rude quite eloquently points out that it's that man who they cannot trust. It is then announced that the Super X Cup starts this week on Impact Wrestling, and we get our first qualifier match between Elix Skipper, Shark Boy, Sanjay Dutt, and Mikey Bats. Again, they're doing this weird tag thing with the fatal four way X division matches, it's still weird, but primetime and Sanjay start off the match. As things progress, the crowd is very strongly behind Elix Skipper and apparently loathe Mikey Bats for some reason. I'd like to know why. But primetime, yeah, they, they, they were they really were all over him. They were like, every, like almost every time he did something, it was like Mikey Bats sucks. Mikey Bats sucks. <laughs> he really pissed God. them off. What the hell did he do? I bet he was a nice guy. <laughs> primetime takes a nasty, just absolutely brutal bump while attempting his walk the plank hurricane rana onto Mikey Bats. 
where he slips off the rope and falls backwards and looks like he um, hit his head pretty hard on the apron. Uh, but, I mean, all four men really put their bodies on the line in this match. There's some sloppy bits towards the end, especially after a botched Hindu press from Sanjay Dutt to Mikey Batts, who, who Sanjay miscalculated his target, and it looked like he landed knee first into Mikey's head, so I'm surprised he got up after that. But Sanjay Dutt picks up the victory and qualifies for the Super X Cup tournament. That's going to be something to look forward to, don't y'all think? I'm super excited about it. I just hope it's not this stupid. Like Honestly, I'm telling you right now, I'm not a fan of this stupid bullshit of the four-way tag crap that they're doing with this. But I'm looking for the Super X Cup, though. We had a buddy of ours watching AEW with us uh, last Wednesday, and I was trying to explain how a fatal four-way tag match works, you know, how anybody can tag anybody in, and wherever you get the pinfall, your team wins. And then we're like... But in TNA, they have this X Division match where it's a fatal four way, but it's a tag match, and whoever gets the first pin wins. And he was like, "What?" Like, yeah, we don't get it either. But it's like imagine, uh, uh, imagine you're doing like really good in the match, and like you, uh, you you hit your finisher, you're about to go for the pin, and you get fucking tagged in, and that guy takes takes your pinfall. Hell yeah. <laughs> But I mean, all in all, I mean, it was it was it was fun. It was a few little parts here and there that were kind of, eh. but you know, fun match all in all. Yeah, like I said, there was definitely some sloppy parts in there, but everyone did their part. All worked really hard. Maybe put their bodies a little too much in danger, but you know, that's X Division, baby. We then cut backstage where Shane Douglas asks three live crew where BG James is, and he wants to know where their family stands. Conan says, that's a good question. BG has been missing for a month, and he questions BG's trustworthiness. R-Truth urges Conan to be patient, and they need to trust their friend. Conan says BG needs to decide whose side he's on. But as for now, they need to focus on their street fight later tonight. The family quarrel continues here. So BG James can just miss work for a month. Maybe he had PTO. Who knows? (laughs) I was about to say (laughs) it's a long time to just be out of work because you're in this like undecisive Make you can't decide whether or not you want to t- uh, turn on your family to tag back with your old pet tag partner or or oh, boss. <laughs> I'd love to come in, but everyone loves me. I don't know who to hang out with. Huh? Must be nice having friends. BG. Must be nice. And we've got friends. You've got us. Yeah, but no one fights over me. Like Carmen said, must be nice to having friends. I mean, I I mean, you want me to, if it was like, if it was like y'all and body shop fighting over me, I would feel wanted. I would feel appreciated. I mean, who likes the body shop? As you show off your body shop shirt that no one can actually (laughs) see because this is an audio podcast. But I mean, if we want, I mean, it would be 
god awful, but I mean, you know, me and KP could get get in the ring with you know with Jason and Pipes, and you know, get destroyed, and the body shop would win for you. <laughs> I'll take my chances against Pops right now. <laughs> yeah, Pipes has a torn pec. Why would you want to pick on him? I, I, I just I just picked two members. I wasn't really thinking of who I said. See, normally when you go one on one with the body shop, you got a 50 50 at best chance of winning. But you look at me and you look at the body shop. <laughs> we're not there. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you got a 25% chance at best at beating me. But you had. So Samoa Joe, you had dialogue to the mix, and your chances of winning drastic go down. We just we just go put dialogue in the body shop now. <laughs> no, he, we're adding him to the mix. It's yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, got duh. <laughs> the Come numbers on. don't lie, and on June fifth, this spells disaster. <laughs> for... <laughs> I mean, but let's be real here. We know Dallon would side with us, you know, friend of the podcast and all. Clearly. And it's not because he doesn't have muscles. I don't think the body shop would welcome him. He doesn't date enough hot moms. Which is another reason why I think the body shop should really fight for me. Because not only do I go to the gym, but I'm also a hot mom aficionado. That's very true. (laughs) <laughs> can confirm and speaking of men with great track records Simon Diamond welcomes the newest member of his Diamonds in the Rough stable David Young so long Triton Triton is gone he has had his last match in the company we hardly knew ye Triton wait literally he's gone now yes they did fucking nothing with him. <laughs> Weren't they like building him up as this big thing and then like, oh, gone. Wow, that's insane. They were giving him all these insane vignettes where everyone thought, oh, my God, Sting's coming back. Sting's coming back. Oh, what if it's so and so? What if it's so and so? And this, nah, it's just it's just a tall dude with a big head. <laughs> Can he wrestle? No. Can he do anything cool? No. He's big, though. Let's do it. (laughs) Some WWE shit right there. It's funny you say that, because he left for WWE out after this. (laughs) But this leads to Diamonds in the Rough. The team is Simon Diamond and David Young taking on Sonny Siaki and Apollo. I mean, you, you, you there's not much talk. You skipped the best part. There was fucking what chance during the promo over and over. <laughs> Every time he spoke, the crowd said, what? <laughs> what? What? I'm glad those are mostly died down nowadays. Because they're doing promos in front of TV screens. <laughs> yeah. Although I do think that WWE wants to make us like really believe that we're hearing like authentic noise, we should get a bunch of CM Punk chants every now and then. I was about to say, where's the CM Punk button that the sound guy can press? 
I mean, I mean, well, I'm talking about like an indie show that I don't hear what very often. That's I'll bring it back. People of class. I mean, I'm not going to bring it back. I'm class. Although I do hear assholes who count past, you know, with the referee or go past the referee. I'm like, stop doing that shit. That was three. That what? No, no, it was not. It was definitely two. I'm definitely bringing the CM Punk chants. Yeah, you should start a CM Punk chant at New South shows. <laughs> I'm going to be seated way away from you. I somehow doubt that. Y'all love each other. Don't play. I mean, he's cute. Honestly, I'm just buying time here because there is nothing to talk about for this tag team match. This this match was about like the last match from the last show where it was just like, it wasn't... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you review it. Well, it's a step up from Triton being in the ring. <laughs> but Apollo and Siaki pick up the victory after a... Uh, very lackluster, if anything, tag match. It's very average. But I mean, I've got, I've got nothing to add to this. It, it's a thing that happened, and no disrespect meant towards the athletes. All great athletes. Just this match did not do it for me. Yeah, I mean, Siaki's great. It's just and Apollo's great. It's just I don't, I don't know. Just there's, maybe they just don't, don't gel together. I don't know, but coming up soon. Yeah, y'all, y'all said it best. Uh, you know, whenever you ask a wrestler, uh, what are some matches that inspired them? This definitely isn't one. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's just some really big David Young fans out there. I don't know. No disrespect towards them if that's the case. But after this, we get a good palate cleanser as Samoa Joe takes on Chris Sabin. Hell yes. At this time, Joe is still undefeated. Mike Tanay says that Joe is six foot eight and 280 pounds, which uh, <laughs> um, might be slight hyperbole <laughs> as he's only like six foot two. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Joe being that tall. Yeah, he's not <laughs> whatsoever. It's like Sam Prescott's 5'11. I know. Everyone knows Prescott is four foot seven. You listen here, motherfuckers. I am five six. I am average height. <laughs> I mean, pretty sure five six is not average. I mean, I, I've looked at wrestlers that are considered. I'm pretty sure it is. Than you. I'm. You know what? I've got nothing better to do right now. I'm googling it. Average height for a man. Googling live on air. We're so professional here. It's five seven below average. Five seven. Oh, it's not <laughs> the only way KP's below average. Oh, oh, oh wow! Nice penis, bro. <laughs> For all the ladies listening, that is not true. Kyle has a great wiener. You should love him long time. But getting back on track, Tanae says the X Division is all about no limits, which Joe embodies. Joe manhandles Saban early on. He's very calculating and predatorial throughout, and I'm really into this match. This is like the complete 
opposite of the last match. Joe lives up to his Samoan submission machine nickname, flawlessly transitioning from an STF into a crossface and then into a Rings of Saturn. But Saban just barely makes it to the ropes and the crowd erupts into chants of TNA. It's excellent work so far. The two fight for position as Joe repeatedly attempts to hit his muscle buster, which he finally hits, followed by a coquina clutch, which chokes the consciousness out of Saban's body. Samoa Joe picking up the win and will now be in the Super X Cup. Yeah, it was. this was a fantastic match, just top to bottom. I mean, it, it took Saban three drop kicks just to make Joe fall. And like I said, the, 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 the way Samoa Joe can just transition from submission to submission to submission. And of course, you got the... Uh, I wrote down Kaniku Buster, but Muscle Buster. And it's just, ah, what an awesome match. Yeah, Samoa Joe being booked as a monster is just like, oh, man, it's so perfect. Every yeah. time I watch Samoa Joe at this time, it just blows my mind how ridiculously good he was. Not saying he's not still good, but 2005 Samoa Joe was just untouchable. Yeah, man, he was booked like an absolute beast in this in this era. But uh, yeah, he had a really really damn good match. Uh, I, at first, I thought it would it was going to be. Uh, a quicker, like a, maybe a more of a squash to help Joe look even stronger, but I was happy it wasn't. And uh, he, he, even though it wasn't a squash, he still looked very strong here. Yeah, I don't know. Saban, I would think Saban's too big of a name to squash him. I think having a really good, solid match where Joe was just like a monster, but you know, Saban still gave it his all. That's that's, that's true. I'm I'm honestly wondering who the hell can even possibly defeat Joe at this point. Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett gets in a match with Samoa Joe, hits him with a guitar, low blows him, hits him with a stroke. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, all this, all this is in front of the referee. You shut your damn mouth. Oh, I think this is good booking here. We should... We should go back in time and pass this information along. We then cut backstage to the franchise. Shane Douglas standing by with the Naturals with Jimmy Hart and Lance Hoyt. The Naturals say tonight is all about respect and they are going to beat some into Team Canada. Better watch out. They may get a Canadian payback. (laughs) Lance doesn't see why they're so upset about him putting Scott Demore in the hospital. But tonight, their Canadian bacon tactics aren't going to pay off. And Jimmy Hart puts over how young and talented this team is and how they're full of energy. He says they, along with his megaphone, will meet them in the ring right now. This leads to the Naturals and Lance Hoyt along with Jimmy Hart, taking on Bobby Roode, Eric Young, and A1 of Team Canada. Team Hart gets the better of Team Canada all throughout the opening minutes. Chase Stevens hits a beautiful 
top rope moonsault to the floor onto EY and A1, but not one to be outdone. Lance Hoyt then hits a vaulting plancha onto Bobby Roode. This is a lot faster paced than I ever would have imagined. Ultimately, Team Canada uses a move out of Eddie Guerrero's playbook by pretending that Jimmy Hart used the hockey stick on Bobby Roode in order to get him ejected. Their plan was successful, though. It's the first time we've seen them go to this well. You wonder, Scott Demore not there, how are they going to cheat? I like stuff like this. It's a a little more creative, so big fan of this. While Jimmy Hart is being kicked out, Team Canada uses their numbers to pick off the members of Team Hart. The finish comes when Team Canada uses Jimmy Hart's megaphone, which was left ringside, to pick up the pinfall victory. How'd y'all feel about this match overall? And then how'd you feel about the creative finish with getting Jimmy Hart ejected from ringside and then using his megaphone as a weapon? Uh, dude, I love that spot. Uh, uh, which I, I'm always a fan of, of, of what I refer to as the Eddie Guerrero spot where, cause that's the, uh, that's where I know it. I know it, uh, know it from where he, uh, where he, he like pretended like he hit somebody with a belt, but he didn't and made it look like they hit it with him. So, so I thought that was neat how they turned the tables on Jimmy Hart there. Uh, but uh, it was a really enjoyable match, though, for sure. I just can't get over how, well, over uh, Lance Hoyt is. Like, I mean, I love Hoyt and especially love Lance Archer now, but. I didn't think he was like this huge in TNA, and of course that you know that the the, the Eddie Guerrero spot was was just perfectly done, and Team Canada wins even without Demore. Yeah, I don't feel like we can state just how much Lance Hoyt is over because God, it's like every show we see him on now, the crowd is just electric, just chanting his name. Dude is absolutely over in Orlando. I really wish they would have done more with him. That's fine. He's got New Japan and now AEW to go to and be amazing (laughs) in that too. After this, we cut backstage and the outlaw says he has a scoop. BG James is like family to him. And in honor of BG and his father, a bullet Bob Armstrong, The outlaw has now dubbed himself officially Kip James. Monty says either Conan or Truth will feel the Fuck Jeff Jarrett. Fuck Jeff Jarrett. He interrupted the pounce. He walked in, hit the counter. Listen up, slap nut. Jeff Jarrett walks in before Monty can finish his catchphrase again, he's looking for people to help him in his crusade against this incoming WWE talent. Monty not so politely (laughs) reminds Jarrett that their plan to begin with was that Monty would help Jeff Jarrett 
just so long as he could get a shot at Jarrett's NWA title. And well, since Jarrett doesn't have the NWA title anymore, he's not all that useful to Monty Brown. But this leads to our street fight matchup between three live crew and Monty Brown and Kip James. Kip is bloodied within probably the first minute of the match. Referee Slick Johnson gets hit with a cookie sheet by Conan, which I popped pretty loud for. (laughs) This is really hard hitting. Lots of fast action. Bodies flying everywhere. Monty hits a pounce onto R-Truth for the victory as BG James is shown on stage watching on. Kip then grabs a mic and says he's going to do something he hasn't done in a while and says, and if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Suck it. BG then enters the ring and Kip hands him a chair. BG holds it up high as if he's going to hit Ron the Truth Killings, but then throws the chair down and exits the ring. Again, BG's Uh, intentions are unclear. What is going to happen? I'm tired of the slow burn. I need a payoff ASAP. (laughs) This is the third or fourth time now that I've said, hey, this is a perfect opportunity to pull the trigger on it, but they didn't. I really wish I could tell you how this ends, but... I'm just going to have to let it play out. Either hit outlaw or hit truth or hit yourself. I don't care. Just do something. I did. I did. I did laugh when the, the crowd started enchanting DX. I'm like, Ooh, wrong company. Hey, they didn't seem to mind though. Oh, uh, on a side note, though, can we talk about how beautiful that pounce was? That was probably one of the best pounces I've seen in a long time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it helps when R-Truth is the one taking the pounce. Right. But damn, I love Truth, and I love Monty Brown. That was just... He, he mwah, sold the fuck out of chef's that. <laughs> so stoked. Maybe eventually we will have a conclusion to the storyline, but maybe not. Find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Also, <laughs> can we also talk about, and I think that we bring this up a lot, but Truth and Outlaw or Kip, they don't age. <laughs> or they age no, not at all. Better, betterly. Like, they look exactly the same now, if not better than they did back then. 16 years oh, Outlaw ago. is massive now. <laughs> but in like a good way. Yeah, and, and Truth, he's, he, man, the man does not age. He has discovered yeah, literally, Mountain View. Motherfucker is, yeah. So what do y'all think of the Outlaw's new name here? Kip James. Hmm. Kind of odd. I see what he's doing, though. He's playing like these mind games, making it seem like BG has joined him or making three live crew think it. But has he, though? 
I don't know. I think I think he's I think he's manipulating BG. So is this hmm. his actual new name now, or is it? It is. Oh, okay, cool. I, I, I thought it might just been something with you know mind gaming him for this deal, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe one day we will have a payoff to this. Are you sure? You sure? Have until then, y'all are gonna have to. I doubt it. (laughs) We then cut backstage with the franchise Shane Douglas alongside Jerry Lynn. Shane says that Lynn has extensive history with both the men in this upcoming match. Jerry agrees and says he's stepping in the ring, not as a competitor, but as a referee. Shane says, cut the crap. He knows that Jerry Lynn has a preference on who he wants to win and which competitor he's leaning towards. Jerry takes offense and says he's a man who takes his job very seriously and will call the match right down the middle and this leads us to AJ Styles versus Sean Waltman with Jerry Lynn as special guest referee. And you can imagine just by the names I mentioned there, this match up until this point, match of the night. Excellent match. Very even matchup here. The crowd is split in support. Lots of AJ Styles chants. Lots of uh, various chants for Waltman. Uh, They started chanting for X-Pac. And somehow that slowly evolved into them chanting for every gimmick that Sean Waltman has ever had. (laughs) I'm not sure if y'all caught on to that. But they were chanting X-Pac, Six-Pac, One-Two-Three-Kid. (laughs) They chanted for like every gimmick this guy has ever had. (laughs) And I loved it. I was living for it. (laughs) Waltman counters a Styles Clash in a very unique way by using a scorpion kick and then hits a Bronco Buster. Waltman busts open AJ's nose with a top rope senton to the outside. AJ, now fired up, seeing his own blood, hits a springboard forearm. Not quite a phenomenal forearm yet. As that name didn't come along till WWE. And then follows that up with a moonsault DDT. AJ hits a Styles Clash. But Waltman somehow kicks out at two. AJ goes to the top rope looking for a spiral tap. But Waltman evades. Waltman hits an X-Factor for a two count. And then in frustration grabs a steel chair and wraps it around AJ's ankle. Lynn then stops Waltman from breaking AJ's ankle. AJ goes for a clash. Waltman grabs a hold of the ropes. Lynn kicks Waltman's hands off the ropes, allowing Styles to hit a second Styles clash and thus picking up the victory. It's a pretty good match here. In the end, you know, Lynn tried to call it right down the middle, but uh, Waltman seemed to push his buttons a little bit. Yeah. So I can't say I blame I, him. I feel like Lynn was a little slow on some of the counts, too. I noticed that. I didn't know if that was intentional or what. <laughs> uh, 
Dude, like I, I had so much hype and expectations when I heard about this match, and it lived up to it 100%. Fucking AJ and Sean Waltman. What a bar burner. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this, this was a very solid match, top to bottom. Um, I did I did write down that the, 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 the crowd was shouting, let's go X-Pac. And I was about to start making fun of them, but I've realized in my notes here, I write six all the time, so I guess I can't make fun of them at all. <laughs> but no, no, seriously. No, and seriously, this was kick out, you know, false finishes. Just, man, I, I'd love to see these two go again. And speaking of putting respect on people's names, Mike Sinead says there is commotion in the back. We go backstage to see that Jeff Jarrett has cornered Larry Zabisco. Y'all know the drill. Hit the counter. Listen up, slap nut. Jarrett has Zabisco cornered, and he demands his title rematch. Larry says that if he wants a title rematch, he is going to have to wait in line. Larry confirms the fact that Rhino is in the building, and Jarrett holds up his guitar and says... TNA's welcoming committee is about to be looking for him. Ooh. Drama. We then go to our X Division Championship match as Christopher Daniels defends his title against Petey Williams alongside A1. Daniels focuses his attack on the lower back of Petey throughout the match. Samoa Joe makes his way to the stage to watch on as he will be in the X Division tournament to crown a new number one contender. A1 throws PD a chain with the referee distracted, but alas, Daniels has this scouted and has a chain of his own. He lays out PD and then hits a best moonsault ever for the victory. How do y'all feel about this match? What'd you feel about the ending? And how excited are you for the prospect of Samoa Joe versus Christopher Daniels in the future? So, I don't know why we ha- I mean why we had to resort to like uh, a cheating finish. These two are more than capable of beating the piss out of each other and it being amazing. Uh, but what we did get was good. The BME is always fun to see. Uh, Joe just standing there menacingly watching them as they beat the piss out of each other. And yeah, uh, give me, give me Joe and CD. Give me Joe and Petey. Give me Joe and AJ. Give me Joe and just about anybody. I think I would be excited for. Plus I already know there, there is a match that we're going to get to at some point. And I'm really excited for it. Never actually seen the match, but I've heard it's fucking amazing. This was a hell of a match. Uh, if Samoa Joe really is is going to go after CD next, then I don't think CD is going to be champion for too much longer. CD going to die. CD going to die. Joe, 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 Joe. I'm all about it. Let's do it. Can we start a Joe chant? Is that something we can do at the next show? I mean, are we trying to bring Joe into New South? I mean, I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. Give me Joe versus yes, we are. Joe versus Brit Br- 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 Give me, give me uh, Joe against like 
CMD. I think that would be a fucking awesome match. Little known fact: Did you know that Joe and CMD tag teamed once? I did know that. You I, told I me that. that. Yep. I found that. That's the other pretty day. sweet. I was looking for some CMD matches on YouTube and found that. I was like, holy crap! Give me Joe versus Derek Neal. <laughs> That'd be a match. Oh man, oh, I'd love that! Or put him, put him in mode. a uh, an X division style match. Put him in there with Kevin Ryan and Hunter yeah, Drake. Yeah, Kevin Ryan See what and they Hunter can do. Drake. Yeah, but seriously, man, the Samoan Suplex Machine versus the former New South Heavyweight Champion Wait, would so, be really great. Ooh, I got, I got an idea. Hear me out. Samoa Joe versus Kenzie Page. Hey, I, th- I think Kenzie could hang 100%. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Every guy in the locker room has told me that Kenzie hits harder than anybody else. I feel like that matchup would be damn good. Hey, we, we, should, we should have like a uh, one of those weird ass. X Division tag matches will have like Kevin Ryan no, and Samoa never. Joe. And never. Kevin Ryan. <laughs> I would have rather him. have an Ultimate X match. 100%. Oh, yeah. That, that would be a thousand times better, but we got to have some new qualifiers for it. You know? <laughs> and speaking of good gimmick matches, though, our main event is here, and it's a dog collar match for the NWA Championship as a Raven. Defends his title against Abyss with Father James Mitchell. The two men, both wearing dog collars, are attached by a steel chain. There are no submissions and no surrender. The only way to win is by pinfall. He said the word. He said the thing. No surrender. Ah! (laughs) He said the thing. Raven throws many, many chairs into the ring and sets a table up on the outside. He attempts to punch Abyss with a fist wrapped in the chain, but Abyss ducks and Raven hits the post. This is a violent match. Lots of goodies to be had. Raven staples a dollar bill to Abyss's head. Abyss attempts a chokeslam to Raven from the stage to a pair of tables on the floor but Raven low blows him and shoves him off. When Raven least expects it, though, Abyss from the ground pulls the chain and sends Raven flying off the stage and crashing through a third table. I thought that spot was just beautiful. Could not have been performed any better. Like just when Raven was like, whew, I finally get a chance to breathe. Abyss just like yanks the chain, says, nope. (laughs) Abyss isn't done, however, as he props up a table to the ring post, but turns around and is immediately met with a cross body by Raven. But Raven only gets a two count. The two then enter the ring again. Raven hangs Abyss over the top rope, but James Mitchell saves his client. Abyss then takes off his dog collar while the referee is distracted. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to put it back on right before the ref turns around. But no, referee sees it, doesn't even bother to attempt to try to get him to put it back on. So my thing is, why didn't they just take it off earlier if that's the case? But 
Abyss grabs some thumbtacks under the ring and attempts to launch Raven off the top rope and into the tacks. But Cassidy Riley saves the day and gets launched through a table onto the outside for all of his troubles. This allows Raven to powerbomb Abyss into the thumbtacks for a two count. Raven ultimately wins with a Raven effect into the thumbtacks. Raven's music hits. He celebrates with the title, but not for long because hit the counter. Listen up, slap nut. Jeff Jarrett's music hits. He slowly makes his way to the ring. He's talking about how he demands his NWA title shot. He gets onto the ring apron and stops. He says if he could give Raven any advice, it would be to turn around. Raven turns around and is immediately hit with a gore by a friend of the podcast, Rhino. And as the show closes, it appears as if Rhino has aligned himself with Jeff Jarrett. And this entire night has just been a ploy. Crazy match. Crazy ending. How'd y'all feel about this and the show overall? A wonderful match. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't expect anything less. It's Raven and Abyss. I feel I feel bad that Abyss is like, you know, constantly gets these shots and never goes over. Because, <laughs> I mean, he definitely should be champion, at least by now. Uh it's funny that that Jeff is just just like Jeff Jarrett to uh, you know bitch at the start of the show about how these WWE people are going to come in and steal people's jobs, only for him to align himself in with one that, that sneaky bastard. Yeah, to, to go back to the match for just a second, the spot where uh, Abyss yanks Raven off the stage, I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh god. And then the you know the the, the DDT into the tax or the, or the sorry the power bomb into the tax and then the DDT in the tax and you can see on Raven's face he's like ah oh, shouldn't have fucking done that uh, and then of course Jeff Jeff Jarrett comes out and uh, you, you didn't mention it but Jeff Jarrett says and I quote TNA is my world my world uh, just so you know uh, a while back ago. I put Jeff Jarrett's theme song on uh, in the car, and Davis didn't know what it was. I'm sorry, I didn't hear hear what you said there. Uh, I didn't say anything like that. I knew exactly what it was immediately. Y'all never told me about your overall thoughts of the show, though. Well, I will tell you about my overall thoughts, Carmen Michael. This show, not the best show we've had, but a, a very solid, very good show. Mm, couple of matches but overall very good especially like um sean waltman and aj that's probably my match tonight just those two just going at it yeah davis davis said it best just a really really solid overall card uh not the best show overall i will say like i've noticed a pattern it seems like the first half is kind of and then the second half really picks up on these pay-per-views and, and, and almost turns uh, turns around for, for some of them. 
You know, I actually I might I might change that because I really fucking enjoyed Samoa Joe and Chris Saban. I might think I might, I might say that's my match tonight. I don't know, it's a tie between those those two matches. Yeah, my my match tonight is definitely Waltman and AJ Styles. And with that, we are going now into our mailbag. And we've got quite a few questions this week. So we're going to try to get through them as quick as possible. Brian York asks, if you could build your own wrestling show, who are the top five talents you would pick? And he asks, to make this a little more difficult, that we each have to give different answers. So I think the best way to do this is like a draft scenario where we go around. I feel like that's the best way to do this. So who would like first pick? Is this only TNA people? I assume. No, this is building your own wrestling show. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll take first pick. Go for it. Kenny Omega. Good choice. Davis. Uh, give me Effie. Ooh. Oh. Give me AJ Styles, my number one. KP, you are on the clock. Okay, uh, number two pick. Give me my boy Dan Housen. Ooh, another good one. Davis. I'll take Mox. Y'all are killing me right now. Who do I want? Who do I want? You know what? Just give me Samoa Joe. Give me... Give me Ricochet. Oh, Lord. Would you just look at my shirt and pick that? I'll take uh, Kazushka Okada. Oh. This one may come out of left field. Give me Diana Perazzo. I'll take Alistair Black. Mustafa Ali. Y'all are so on the ball. Like y'all answering too quick before I can like come up with my next one. <laughs> hey, well, there, there's some fantastic talent out there. Number four, give me Big E. Last but not least, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, and one that I think can easily hang with everybody else on my roster. Give me Kylie Ray. I feel bad that I, I haven't had. I don't have any female talent, but I think I'm gonna take Cabana Man Dan. You can't take my dad away from me. I just did. <laughs> oh, Hangman Page, give me Hangman Page. Which I did y'all a favor, and I took Sting. Off my chart because I knew 
Y'all, y'all already knew that I was going to pick Sting at some point, so I just I thought, didn't mention him. I thought about, I thought about taking Jericho and Sting just to make you mad. <laughs> I, I want to keep this going. I, 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 I started just writing down names over here. All right, let's go two more rounds, just for funsies. KP. Hmm. Ooh. Uh. Hell, give me Shug D. Dr. Britt Baker, D. M. D. For my next pick, we of the Carmen Michael delegation would like to draft the AEW TNT champion, Darby Allen. We're now in our last round. The suspense is killing me. KP, who are you going to pick next? Damn. Uh, and we can only pick one person? Or we can't pick like a tag team? Damn. Oh, fuck. Uh, mm. <laughs> Give me Dylan McQueen. Davis. <sighs> Drew McIntyre. KP, I knew this was going to happen. I knew someone was going to break up my final pick of Petty and Pink. But I will take Kenzie Page and I will put her in a match with Deanna Perazzo. And it's going to be the best match out of anything in all of our companies. So suck it. I don't know. I've got, fun. I've got Mox Nokata or Ali and CMD. <laughs> Who do Okada ever be? Any Omega? <laughs> Not when it counted. Tanahashi? Tetsuya Naito? Chris Jericho? I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. <laughs> this next question, I feel, is more directed towards me, so I'll answer it quickly. From former guest of the show, Brian Tamborello, he says, random question, was Curry Man too spicy for TV? Absolutely. Way too hot, way too spicy, but he did taste great. And speaking of people who taste great, Johnny Pipes asks... How does it feel speaking the shark boy to New South into existence? It feels great. Yeah. Honestly, I'm on top of the world. I don't know how y'all feel. It, it is wonderful. I mean, when that got announced and just knowing that it's because of our little podcast, like really, really no other way around it. Like if this didn't exist, this wouldn't have happened. So all of you at New South Crazy. happy about all of you at New South happy to uh, for Shark Boy. You better thank us. They can make out our checks to total nonstop analysis. <laughs> and and we got we also gotta gotta give mad props to Shug D. He's the one that suggested. He's the one that wanted to face uh, Shark Boy. If if you only knew how much everyone was talking about Shark Boy at that show, <laughs> he was a a very 
hot subject <laughs> all through the day. Because I remember talking to CMD about him for quite a bit before that. <laughs> he was a hot topic amongst the New South locker room. Johnny Pikes also has a second question. Keep in mind, he is recovering from a torn peck. He just had surgery, so get well soon, Johnny Pikes. His second question is, will you rub my bum titty? I mean, you ain't got to ask me twice. You know, I go, I go I rub it up real quick. But don't you have a, a pretty lady that can do that for you? Yeah, Pipes, you got a hot mom just chilling there. I mean, she's already doing so much for you. Just get her to rub your titty. I'm not going to put her name out into the to the podcast world, but you know who you are, girl. Rub a man's titty. It'll help. And our last question comes from Glenn Brannon Jr., who asks, in your opinion, who has the best finishing move in wrestling? Huh. Uh. Damn, that's a tough one. I'm a big fan of Aleister Black's uh, Black Mass. Same. Same. That was one of the ones I thought of. I think ultimately, though, my pick would be the Black Arrow from Pac. What about you, Davis? I'm going to interpret best as favorite and say the Destino by Tetsuya Naito. Every time he hits that, I'm just like, that's awesome. Thank you all so much for your questions. Again, as a reminder, each and every week, your question can be answered right here on Total Nonstop Analysis. Make sure to watch out for our social media platforms our Twitter feed, our Facebook feed. Just ask some questions every week. We'll answer them right here. Just like every week, we will issue our final verdict. Was Total Nonstop Actions No Surrender 2005 TN Amazing? T-N-A! T-N- eh? TN acceptable or TN awful KP starting with you. There was only a few matches on here that I didn't quite uh, enjoy uh, as much, but I mean, overall it's a really solid card with a lot of fucking really, really, really good matches, uh, especially in that later half. Shit. I'm going to give it a TN. What about you, Davis? Yeah, I'm going to give it a very high TNA because the good stuff on this show outweighed anything bad this show could have done. Even Jeff Jarrett was used well and just threw it off crew. Figure your shit out, man. Or BG James more than anything. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with the both of you. I'm giving this show a T-N-A. And with that being said, that is the end of our show. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at TN Analysis. Pick up some merch at storefrontier.com slash total nonstop analysis. As always, I am your host, Carmen Michael. You can find me at Carmen M. Childers on Twitter. KP, 
you can find at Kyle S. Prescott. And Davis, you can find at Kyrick3289. That's K-Y-R-I-C-3289. As always, follow New South Wrestling at New South underscore PW. That is where we are. That is where you can find the myth known as Shark Boy live in person June 5th at Spartman Civic Center in Hartsell, Alabama. Or if you want to hold off and wait, that will be on IWTV. That's independentwrestling.tv on Twitter. They are at Indie Wrestling. That's where you can find me ring announcing and doing commentary for such esteemed shows such as New South Top Shelf, New South Action Clash, and as well as Action Wrestling Next Up Episode 1 in the IWTV Family Reunion from Tampa, Florida. So be sure to check all those out. Hit us up on Twitter. If you have a good idea for who could come on and be a guest, if you have an idea for a fun segment, anything whatsoever, something you want us to review, let us know and we will do it. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in. We have been Total Nonstop Analysis, and we will see you next week. We'll be right back. 